Uh, the, the bulletin this week, uh, on the second page, is uh, Father Pacer's uh, kind of introductory letter. Father Pacer is the new priest, one of the new priests here, and just got ordained a couple weeks ago, a uh, week ago, two weeks ago Saturday, by Bishop Malloy in Rockford. Then the next day, he had his first Mass at Holy Cross in Batavia, which is his home parish. And there's a picture that he provided for his letter, and it's the picture of him at his first Mass at that Mass in Batavia two weeks ago. And it's a beautiful picture. Um, It was the Feast of Pentecost, so everybody has red on it. But it's him holding up the host for the first time as a priest. It's the first Mass he he celebrated as the main celebrant. There were other priests there, but he was the one saying the Mass. and you can see by the look on his face that he's like, this is a, a big deal to him. When you make sure when you leave, you take a look at that picture in the bulletin. It's, it's, it's amazing. And you might think that the, the, his looking at the host and the reaction on his face is like, look what I did. But that's not. That's not what it is at all. It's not what he did. It's what the Lord is doing through him, huh? I, you know, when I looked at that picture, I thought of my own first Mass 28 years ago, May 22nd, back in 1994, I had my first Mass here at St. Pat's, because this is my own parish, and it was downtown, it was the the regularly scheduled, like 11 or 12 o'clock Mass, I don't remember, and I just kind of hijacked it, and said, well, I'm going to, Monsignor Linster gave me permission to, or is it Father I, mean, I can't remember, it was Linster who was here, and they said I could do my first Mass at that, and I did. And I, it was a big deal for me. I had a special choir prepared, and all these priests were invited, and it was, it was, it was, it was really nice. And uh, it was, it was uh, crazy though. I mean, I was just out of my mind. And I mean, the homily at my first Mass, was, uh, it was like 35 or 40 minutes long, right? <laughs> think I'm bad now, all right? So, uh, and, you know, these poor people, they just thought they were coming to a regular Sunday Mass, you know, before they went out to picnic, and it was, uh, it was out of control. Um, the Mass itself was like an hour and 45 minutes, to tell you what I was, it was just, it was, it was crazy. But, you know, the funny thing is, when I came in uh, to Mass, at the start of the Mass, walked down the aisle with the other priests and coming up, this is all downtown where I come up to the altar and then I went to the chair and they took the presider's chair, the main chair. And, and I just blanked out. I couldn't remember a thing. <laughs> all those years of preparation, I'm like, uh. And I, I, I leaned over to Monsignor Hoffman who was standing next to me. He was the pastor over at John Newman. And uh, a good friend of mine, and I said, Bob, what do I do? And he goes, how about, how about the sign of the cross? <laughs> <You know? laughs> let's, just, let's get this show on the road, you know? Yeah, once I did that, it was fine. I got things moving, but it was, it was pretty stressful. But I remember the time I, you know, I picked up the host at the consecration and said the words, and you know, Jesus did his thing. And I held it up, and, and I, I thought to myself, wow, look what Jesus just did. He, he used me, uh, who can't even remember how to start Mass. <laughs> to, to, you know, 
bring the Eucharist to, to the altar. And uh, so when you look at Father Peter's face, hopefully you'll think, you know, it's like, wow, look what Jesus did. Now, here's the question I want to ask you, or put it back on you. Uh, and just like us as a priest, you know, and it's good to remember on the day of Corpus Christi where Jesus ascends to the Father, sends the Spirit to build his church and to give us the sacraments and give us priests so that those priests can stand at the altar, not as themselves, but as Christ. Christ's hands, Christ's mouth, Christ's feet, Christ's body, Christ's action uh, to bring about those things which are necessary for our salvation. And that the Eucharist is his abiding ultimate gift. There's nothing better that the Father can give to us than he hasn't, that he's already get, he hasn't already given to us in Jesus and in the Eucharist. It's like, oh, God doesn't give me what I want. No, he's giving you the best thing he can. So stop complaining. That the creator of the universe is the only one who could change bread into his body. And then give that to us so that that life of his, his love, could be in us. Because ultimately, what is it that we seek? We seek to be able to live lives in conformity to the, to the life that has been given to us and the love of Christ that is in us. In other words, that we need, we desire, we want to love the way God loves. But we can't because we're sinners and we're a mess. And we're always we're worried about all these other things and so distracted that we don't know how to do it. And so we, we want to love like that. Right? No, love, no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. We want to love like that, but can't. So God does it for us through an oath. We say, I want to love the way Jesus loves, but I can't, so help me, God. And God does help us. He, comes, he gives us the sacrament of the Eucharist where Christ's own life is within us so that we have his life in us and we can go out and do the things we want to do, to love like that and to change the world into what it needs to be changed into and to change our families, whatever it needs to be changed into. Think of this. Think of your, like your life is a, is, is a house, right? And each aspect, each facet of your life is a, room, is, a, is a room in that house. So what are the things that are important to you? What are the things that are going on in your life? Maybe it's money. You know, maybe, maybe it's uh, your vacation. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your wife, your husband, your kids. Maybe it's where you're going to school. Maybe it's your boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe, maybe it's uh, what you're going to have for dinner tonight. Maybe it's going to like, how am I going to pay for that dinner? Since, you know, uh, you know gas costs like $3,000 a gallon. What am I going to do? You know? What other things are in that house? What are the, our worries, anxieties, our fears, our addictions? You know, what are the things that we're enslaved to? You know, is, is it whatever? You know, we all know the deal. You know what your, your problems are. You know what your sins are. Those are rooms in your house. And one of those, you know, and it isn't just things that are particular to us. Maybe it's our, our friends that we're worried about. Maybe it's like the world outside because it doesn't look like there's anybody in charge of it, right? It's, it, it's we're, whatever. It's like I, of course we're like anxious and worried and afraid and all these things. It's crazy out there. And so that's, those are rooms in our house. What are, the, what are the rooms in your house? Are you holding on to a grudge? You haven't forgiven somebody? Somebody's mad at you and you're worried about that relationship? Maybe, you know, that boyfriend and girlfriend you know, like, doesn't like you anymore and wants to break up with you. Or maybe you're, you know, you're excited and you're freaking out because you're going to get married in two months. And, you know, or maybe there's a problem in your marriage that needs to be tended to and you're just you're afraid to do it or you're just too lazy. And you're know, just letting yourself get swept along by events. Maybe you, you really desire to go deeper with the Lord, but you're afraid to, or you want your spouse to pray with you, but they won't. I mean, there's a million things. And every one of those is a room in your house. 
But here's the deal. Every single one of those rooms, the door is shut. All right. They're shut. And the Lord's coming into your house in a minute in the Eucharist. He's coming, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you under my roof, but just say the word, my, I, my soul shall be healed. He's coming into your house. He's coming under your roof. Just say the word and I shall be healed. What's the word? Come in. Lord, come in. I'm inviting you. See, Jesus isn't going to come in and kick the door down. He's not going to kick the door down to any of the rooms in your house. He's going to stand there and say, are you going to let me in or not? Make up your mind. What do you want from me? You just want me to be a nice friend that kind of tells you how great you are? Well, that's not going to happen. I'm here to do my, my job. To do the will of the Father, which is to convert all of you into, into love. So there we go. You got to invite him in. You got to open the door. Open the door of your heart. Open the door of the rooms of your, of your life. All the, open the door to all those things that are important to you so the Lord can come in and heal them, sustain them, encourage you in them, fix them, make them better, celebrate with you because they're awesome, whatever. But you've got to let them in. See, he's coming into your house. Bring him into your life. He's going to be there. Now, now that he's in there, what about all those rooms? You've got you to let him have it. He wants access, and you've got to give it to him. That's the deal. In other words, to like use the gospel, what are the, what are the five loaves? And what are the meager fish that you've got going on in your life? He wants those. He's going to take them and transform them into, into the very thing that is going to be your salvation. You know, that problem in your marriage or that problem in that relationship or that over-anxiety or worry about this, that, and the other thing, by, by giving those to him and he changes those, they become an aspect of his saving power in your life, his love in your life, which then you can go out and give to the world. What did he say? Go and feed them yourselves. How are you going to do it? Because he's going to do, do it for you and you're going to go out and do it for other people. You're going to do it for your wife your husband, your kids, your friends, your job, and all those other, other places that need uh, to, to experience Jesus' love. It's through you. If you're not sharing Christ's love to the people that are important to you right now in your life, you are not doing your job. That's harsh, and I apologize for saying that. And that applies to me too. I'm not the one who's confecting the Eucharist up here. He is. And he's letting me do that because he's put me in a position where I have to let that love into my life and I have to give that love to you. And part of that love is what we're doing right now. I got to have, you know, uh, my, my behind kicked once in a while. We all get pretty comfortable. Or we get overwhelmed by all the crazy stuff that goes in our life and all the locked doors in, our, in the rooms of our house. And it's like, what am I going to do? Let him in. He'll do it for you. <laughs> it's not rocket science. So there we go. Think of this. I'll leave it at this because it's Sunday night. <laughs> I'm like punchy because I've had like, I've had 10 masses in the last two days. It's crazy. Uh, Think of that look on Father Pacer's face that you're going to see in the bulletin. And looking at the Eucharist, like, wow, look what Jesus did. Now, think of what Jesus does for you if you let him. And what he's going to do for you in your life if you let him. That look on Father Pacer's face.
and that reaction should be yours and mine. Wow. Thank you, Jesus.